Australian bushfires continue to burn today and Parliament officials are celebrating. Have they finally wiped out Australia's pestering koala population for good? From The Onion and Onion Public Radio, this is The Topical. I'm Leslie Price, and this ain't your mommy's little news podcast anymore. It's mine. Stay with us. Over 32,000 square feet of land, roughly the same size as South Carolina, has burned in Australia since fires began late last year. But officials in the country's capital of Canberra are celebrating today, touting the success of their new wildfire introduction program that's designed to help control the koala population. OPR's Remy Berglund has been following this story since the bush was first set ablaze and joins us now. Hello, Remy. Hi, Leslie. For decades, the Australian government has struggled in their efforts to eradicate the koala. The marsupials' numbers have exploded in recent years, causing significant damage to the surrounding habitat and generally being a nuisance. Here's Australia's Minister for the Environment, Susan Lay. Koalas have been a scourge to this country since its inception. They're a blight on our economy, they decimate our precious eucalyptus forests and frighten away tourists. Not anymore. I'm proud to announce that in the three months since we introduced wildfires across the continent, nearly 99% of the koala population has perished. And once all the forests are completely burned down, we're positive the little shitheads will be gone for good. The commissioner certainly sounds triumphant, but how is this program different from previous attempts by the government to get rid of koalas? Well, Leslie, mostly it's the fire. The Australian government sanctioned large-scale koala hunting programs in the 1920s, but it wasn't enough to wipe out the pests. Mm. Then they tried again in the 1960s by poisoning the animals' drinking water, which did make a large dent in the population. Unfortunately, their numbers recovered. So the flames are killing enough of the koalas to keep them from growing back. Is this a permanent solution? Officials here hope that's the case, but koalas breed quickly. A single female can produce one offspring every one to two years. If even a handful of koalas survive the wildfires, that means there could be tens, even dozens of koalas infesting the countryside in just a few short decades. Pesky little fuckers. Absolutely. I spoke with local rancher Tom Thomas Taylor, who's been working around the clock since the fires began to keep koalas off his land. Fucking koala. Sons of bitches scamping around me all trying to look all helpless and shit. <laughs> Can't fool me. Chased them all right back into the fire. But I see them sneaking into me barn at night. I'll have to burn me own house down soon. But if it means no more koala, I'll do it. Mm, sounds like the locals are still frustrated. Yeah, they're worried the wildfires won't be enough to keep the koala permanently at bay. Here's Minister Lay again discussing how her department will ensure the marsupials stay dead. It's imperative we keep these fluffy bastards from returning to our shores. Or worse, invading non-native habitats across the globe. The bushfires are doing a great job of smoking them out. But just to be extra safe, we're planting landmines around the base of eucalyptus trees that should blow these little fuckers to bits. This is war. Sounds like they're taking this environmental issue very seriously. They are. And they're hoping to take what they learn and apply it to other initiatives as well. Lay said that they plan to take the most successful parts of this wildfire program and apply it to their ongoing Great Barrier Reef Obliteration Project. Well, we wish the Australian people the best of luck. OPR's Remy Berkland. Thank you, Remy. Thank you. Packed platforms, non-stop delays, and double-digit wait times. They're all now part of the daily scene New York subway commuters are calling a nightmare. But the Metropolitan Transportation Authority is looking to alleviate some of these issues, announcing today an approved $28 billion plan to finally renovate the city's outdated, inefficient subway masturbators. But how did it get this bad, and when can commuters expect to see it get any better? OPR's Lester Kranz went to find out. 
It's still early, barely 7 a.m., but morale among commuters on the Atlantic Avenue platform in Brooklyn is already bleak. As an R train pulls into the station, the frustration on the riders' faces is evident, and the reason why is clear. How long have you been waiting? Well, I first noticed him slip his cock out of the top of his waistband maybe 10 or 15 minutes ago, but he is taking forever. This woman, 27-year-old Alicia Byers, said she arrived to the station early today with the hopes of getting a head start on the morning rush. But it turns out that sometimes, even an extra hour isn't enough. Ah, oh, man, how much longer do you think it will be? I don't know. I'm already late for work, but hopefully not much longer. But with impotent guys like this, it is very hard to tell. And she was right. As I chatted with other passengers, I learned that this delay wasn't at all unusual. Numerous writers shared similar stories about waiting up to 30, even 35 minutes for a single masturbator to tilt back his head, let out a raspy groan, and bust a nut all over his gray champion brand sweatpants while maintaining a frighteningly forceful grip on his exposed, already limp penis. I've been standing here waiting for this creep to publicly climax for a good 30 minutes now. 30 minutes, and he's barely at half chub. I could have called an Uber by now. It's start, stop, start, stop. Stop, start, stop. How hard can it be to jerk yourself off to completion while staring into the eyes of a petrified stranger? Now in the 70s, that was a golden age. There was a masturbator on every car. They're old, they're creaky, they're broken. Why can't we be more like Tokyo? The problem? Many of these ancient wankers haven't been repaired or replaced since the 1930s. Relief, however, may soon be within reach, with the MTA approving a $28 billion plan to finally renovate the city's subway masturbators. The new sex offenders are projected to masturbate up to 30% faster, 45% smoother, and have dicks so rock hard they'll be ready to blow as soon as they arrive in your line of vision. City officials also added the experience is estimated to be at least 75% more dangerous for women. For OPR, I'm Lester Kranz. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Well, 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 look who it is. Looks like someone wanted a little more news after all. It's okay. We figured you'd be back. We won't tell anyone either. Here's what else you need to know today. In an effort to address security concerns, the Nevada Democratic Party announced today that the state will be switching to the use of electronic voters. Party members are confident that the new voter models, which vote faster and more accurately than their human counterparts, will ensure the reliability of its upcoming Democratic caucus. The CDC is urging Americans to take extra precautions during the ongoing coronavirus outbreak, recommending today that people also wear face masks on the back of their heads just in case it attacks from the rear. And police in Minneapolis encountered a grisly scene today in an abandoned house where six victims had been executed, all with gunshots to the head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, head and shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, eyes and ears and mouth and nose, head and shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. And that's it for The Topical today. I'm Leslie Price. Join us again tomorrow if there is a tomorrow. And don't forget to like and subscribe to The Topical because our subscription numbers are really the only thing that makes me feel any amount of self-worth. And if you wouldn't mind writing me an encouraging little note in the review, that might make me feel good too. See you tomorrow.